beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. <laughs> and I have 10 things to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. On every episode of the show, I have encouraged you to take the topics and prompts to your journal. Now, maybe you glossed over that part because you don't keep a journal. Because keeping a journal seems a little bit too much 13-year-old girl to you. Or maybe because keeping a journal, starting a journal, is way too overwhelming. Where does one start a journal? Especially as an adult, how do we do this? Is it lame? Is it private? Will I feel dumb? It's possible, of course, that a lot of you listening already keep a journal. If that's the case, I really, really want to hear from you and how you do it. You don't have to show me what your journal necessarily looks like. Please definitely do not show me the words inside. But sharing the way that you journal, your process, that is helpful. Because there are a ton of different ways that a person might keep a journal, and there is no right way. But if you do want to share the way that you keep a journal, please make sure and tag the show at 10 Things to Tell You. Before I give you some journal idea inspiration, I just want to apologize to my sweet dad. Although I doubt he's listening, if he is, he is cringing so hard and about four seconds away from asking me to remove This whole episode, my lawyer dad has always been uncomfortable with me not keeping a journal, but telling everyone about my journal. Since I was truly like a preteen so early in my life, he has always warned me that my journal could be subpoenaed in a trial. 
What trial, do you ask? I have no idea. A hypothetical trial in the future where my journal might contain my murder plans. Not good right now because I truly hope I am never charged criminally with anything, ever. But if so, the cat is out of the bag. I keep a journal, and prosecutors would be sorely disappointed in its contents, I assure you. But because I have kept some sort of a journal since I was in elementary school, I can tell you why I love doing it. My journaling over the years, my stacks and stacks of journals, they look really different from one another as I have grown up. My introspection has changed, as my time management has changed, what I value about what was in those pages has shifted. But one thing has stayed consistent, and that for me is the fact that writing things down helps me figure out how I feel. And as a person who has a lot of big feelings all the time, sometimes competing feelings or feelings that are too confusing for me to untangle, it usually highlights for me what the main thread is or what I really want to remember. Or often, the act of physically writing something down, it just brings emotions or insights to the surface I might not have noticed with my own messy thoughts that can be all over the place. Also, I just genuinely love looking back at my life in this way. When you keep a journal, you are a witness to your own personal growth, even when you can't see it clearly. But when you look back, once you know how a certain situation unfolds, it's really interesting to see the flags that came up in your journaling that you couldn't decipher at the time. This is true with relationships, parenting, work stuff, anything In hindsight, when you're able to read back, it helps you understand yourself and your growth. It's just a fascinating personal tool. Now, if you don't journal, do not let that be a discouragement that you don't have an old stack of pretty notebooks. If you are so inclined to start keeping a journal, I hope this episode gives you some ideas on how to do that. And one of my main life mantras is start where you are. Just start. A year from now, you'll be glad you did. I'm going to give you 10 different types of journaling in this episode, all of which I currently use or have used at one time. Again, journaling doesn't have to be complicated. And depending on my mood or my season of life or my general fatigue or interest level, I'm often combining several of these at one time. Not like on the same day, but maybe within the same week, definitely within the same notebook. So do feel free to mix and match methods. You are under no obligation to journal in just one type of way. So here we go. 10 ways to journal. Number one, the first and most obvious way we're going to talk about journaling is the most basic Dear Diary notebook journaling. This is, I think, what most people think of when they think about journaling. It's also what people are generally scared of. Traditional journaling goes something like, March 26th, this happened and this is how I feel about it. I do this type of journaling, not daily, but regularly. And in the big picture, it's probably the most valuable type of journaling I do. But I can tell you that it can sort of be a chore sometimes. Not because I feel the need to write down every event or every feeling, 
But yeah, in some ways it can just be a little bit of a task, even when I'm getting something out of it. It's like exercise or something. But I am so grateful to have journals of this type. When I was young, I somehow got the message that writing down the stuff I was doing, like, first we went here, then we went here, was stupid. And so I omitted most of the facts and just spent pages upon pages on my feelings around whatever happened. So now, 20 plus years later, when I look back on some of these entries, I have a good feel for where my heart was, but I have no idea what actually happened. Now I know that it is quite helpful to include a sentence or two about the actual events. Sue broke up with Jack, and this is how I feel about it. Especially now that I'm a mom, this type of journaling is important to me because I want to know what was going on with my kids, what we did, the actual nitty-gritty documenting of a life, which is different than processing out your feelings, although when you're journaling, they can often go hand in hand. I actually write out this type of journal as if my future ancestors were reading it. I'm sort of embarrassed to admit that. Clearly, I've read too many novels of this type, but in some ways, I do write out this journal as if it's going to be read. It doesn't mean I censor it totally. Maybe I do a little bit, but it's not a fully messy slog like some of the other ways that I journal. I am writing it a little bit for an audience, even if that audience is just a future me. It's still a journal, though. I do put my truest feelings inside, and that is not always pretty. I really do write out how I'm feeling, the good, the bad, the ugly. A tiny part of me may be thinking that one day these words will be read, but when they are, they will be true. Number two, the second way to journal is a lot easier. If documenting and writing pages upon pages about your feelings is not for you, then maybe you would prefer to journal by making a list. When I am too tired or overwhelmed, I often just make lists in my journal. This is especially handy when there is a ton of stuff going on. I will make a list of things I want to remember about this vacation. I'll make a list of things that are bothering me right now or things that are bringing me joy right now. I'll make a list of fears. I'll make a list of the little things my kids said over Christmas. I will make a list of the main points of a conversation that I want to remember forever. Sometimes, if I have more time later, if the mood strikes, I'll expound upon something that's on that list or even just on the list itself. But if you're short on time, or if you're not the type of person who is ever going to write out a bunch of paragraphs, then brain dump onto the paper in a list. That is still journaling. That is valid documentation and processing of your life experience. And by the way, my lists entries are in my regular journal alongside all other regular entries. Just because it's a casual way of getting down these thoughts, it does not mean that it has to live on like a post-it note. You could have a whole notebook dedicated to this type of journal. This is your journal. Or you could just incorporate it into your regular type of journaling with full sentences. For me, it's just so helpful to get it out of my brain and heart and onto the page. Number three, along these same lines, you could also commit to just one sentence a day. 
They actually make specific journals just for this purpose, but you could always do it yourself in whatever notebook you have. If every day you wrote down the most important part of that day, the one thing you want to remember of that day, just one sentence describing it, that alone could really be a reflection of your life. You could make it part of your evening routine, keep a little notebook beside your bed. As you crawl into bed each night, take a few moments to reflect on the day, write one sentence, and that's it. You could even do this in your planner if you use a paper planner. If you wanted, you could be so low maintenance about it. The pressure is off. You could meditate on your one sentence, the thing that stood out to you in the day, almost like a gratitude journal, or you could just know that you captured one little moment of your life. I think if you did the one sentence thing for 30 days and then you looked back, you might be astonished at the things that you might otherwise have forgotten or whatever stood out on a random Friday. It might surprise you. You'll be glad to have those sentences. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full-body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben-free. It is also pH-balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code YOU. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. Born Shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, dot com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. Number four. 
So this method has been one of the more interesting for me, and not because I like it. (laughs) I'm actually scared of it, sort of, which is probably something to be explored in my, wait for it, journal. Here I'm going to call it free flow journaling. I have no idea if this kind of journaling has an official name. I first heard of it in Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way, and she calls it morning pages because she recommends that you do this first thing when you wake up before coffee or conversation or anything because free flow journaling or morning pages, if you do it that way, it is exactly what it sounds like. You just free flow everything that comes to your mind, just dump it all out without worrying about punctuation or complete sentences, if it makes sense. It's just an absolute translation of your thoughts into words onto the paper. There's no structure. It's just whatever comes to your mind goes on the page. Now, people who are loyal to morning pages or free flow journaling, they will say that it unlocks something if you do it for long enough. I think the general recommendation is to do it nonstop for like 30 minutes or until you fill three whole pages, whichever comes first. And some people report that it is almost like your subconscious takes over. In The Artist's Way, she advises that you have to keep the pen moving, even if all you're writing is, I don't know what to say, blah, 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 what am I writing? That the important thing here is that your pen to paper free flow thought. This kind of journaling actually stresses me out a little bit. Not the free flow part, but the don't lift the pen up part. It makes me feel like there is a journal emergency somewhere, and if I stop writing, there might be an explosion, like Sandra Bullock driving the bus in speed. I do not relate to this method. It does not make me feel zen. But I do know that it works for a lot of people, creative people in particular, so it should be on this list. I do practice a version of this free flow journaling, but without the pressure to keep writing no matter what and see what comes up. I will sometimes, especially if I'm trying to work through a problem, write down my racing thoughts or at least try to catch up with them. And there is something to this that brings some clarity. I think when you're handwriting like this without any rules, grammar, structure, like not worrying about making any sense, your brain does something different. It's almost like the same concept of why good ideas happen when you're in the shower, Your brain relaxes in some other kind of way that opens up a channel. And that can't really be replicated in any of these other methods I'm talking about. So free flow journaling has a really specific value, and it's the only type of journaling that I don't keep. I tend to throw away my free flow journal entries after I write them because its use is in the process. I do not take much from it when I look back over it later. Number five, piggybacking on the magic of your subconscious when your pen is flowing. I'm gonna take more of a woo-woo turn here that will sound so weird to some of you, and others will claim that you've been doing a version of this for forever. That is intuitive journaling. Listen, I know this sounds like a thing that would never work, but it really does. I first heard about this from Jess Lively. She has a podcast called The Lively Show. I've listened to it for years. But after I first heard her talk about it, I've actually seen it referenced in other places. So I guess this is a thing. I just didn't know about it. 
Intuitive journaling is asking your intuition, your soul, your deepest self, a specific question, and then writing down whatever comes up. Now, of course, you could do this without the journal part. You could just, in meditation, ask yourself something. But I find it to be so effective in journal form because then you can't talk yourself out of whatever shows up on the page. The answer is the answer, and there it is. Let me give you an example of intuitive journaling. Maybe I really don't want to go to my cousin's upcoming wedding, and I can't really figure out why I have all this resistance around it. Like, why am I dreading this supposedly happy event? I cannot shake it, cannot bring myself to find a dress, etc., etc. And I'm really bothered by all the feelings I have around it, and the dang event is coming up. So how can I get in a better brain space? Well... Pull out the notebook, I'm using for intuitive journaling, or you can just do this in a regular journal, of course. At the top of the page, write, why am I dreading cousin Sarah's wedding? And then you sit for a minute with your pen poised. Do not be too quick to answer. Sit quietly and write down whatever comes up, even if it's random. And the very first thing that springs to mind is that you don't have anything to wear. Well, you might write that down, but you also know that that's not the real source of your bad feelings here. So you sit quietly for a few more minutes, and as the sand starts to shift, you write down whatever comes up, whatever little tiny whisper is there. And before you know it, it dawns on you that cousin Sarah's mom, Aunt Gina, she said something offhanded to you at the last family gathering, and it has settled into your bones. But you tried to brush it away. You didn't even let yourself think of it because you love Aunt Gina and you're happy for Cousin Sarah. But this one little thing is a tiny red flag of something bigger. And now you're getting honest about it. Once you get to the root of a feeling of your resistance or whatever it is that you're asking your intuition about, once you come to some sort of an answer, It's up to you then if you take further action. Maybe it requires an honest follow-up with Aunt Gina. Or maybe now that you're aware of it, you can just acknowledge this thing that's been bothering you and then you can let it go. But the sitting still with yourself, the asking of a specific question and letting your deepest self answer, that is the important part in intuitive journaling. So if you've never heard of intuitive journaling or asking your intuition a question, Do not outright dismiss this. Next time you're puzzling over something, just try it. I've asked my intuition all kinds of things about other people, about situations, about myself. While I may not totally hit the mark every time, it's not science, but I always, always get a little closer to the answer I'm looking for. Number six, affirmation journaling. I promise we're going to take a hard right back to practical stuff in a minute, but I am fairly new to affirmation journaling and I am loving it. This is something that's all over the self-help world. It has been for years, like decades. Remember those Stuart Smalley Saturday Night Live skits that ended with, doggone it, people like me. This is kind of affirmation journaling. (laughs) Doing affirmations is a mainstay of self-help and of the people who make fun of self-help. And yet, 
there is something about it that gets into your psyche. I've been writing down my affirmations since the beginning of the year, and throughout the day when insecurities creep in, they pop right into my mind. There is something at work there. Affirmations are statements that build you up. You can view them either as something you're shooting for, reminders of who you want to be or who you actually are. Mine work best when they are I am statements. So for example, I am beautiful in this body or I am a positive person. If you've been giving yourself a lot of negative talk, maybe about the way you look, maybe you're being outwardly negative and you want to shift that, writing down an I am statement every day, it somehow seeps into your blood. And when you open your mouth to say something negative, that affirmation that you wrote down earlier, it shows up and it lodges in your throat. I am a positive person. And then you close your mouth. I have five affirmations I've been doing since January, a mix of personal, family, work, and body. I had no idea that writing down these affirmations each morning would be so effective. This is the one type of journaling that I wish that I had started years ago. It's not a very exciting journal. I have been using a separate notebook for these, so they're just the same five sentences over and over with the date. It is not something that anyone else would be interested in at all. But these little phrases, they are becoming almost like mini mantras and they are reshaping my inner self-talk and how I'm showing up in the world. Number seven. Okay, less woo-woo and more tech. Of course, you know that there is an app for everything. So there's definitely an app for journaling. I'm a big, big fan of using pen and paper to journal. I think that it sends a different kind of signal to my heart and my brain. But I know that not everyone has that connection, and online journaling has a few other benefits for this modern world. One, of course, being that your phone is almost always with you. So if you want to jot down a quick journal-like thought, you have it right there in your pocket. And two, online journaling is storing these things in the cloud, so there's no fear of losing it or it getting stolen or, God forbid, a natural disaster taking all of your life's journals. Those are pretty big benefits to the digital thing. The only actual journal app that I've used briefly was called Day One, and I did really like it, the Day One app. I liked the interface. It was pretty. It allowed you to add photos, which is a bonus, and you could keep multiple journals. So for a while, I had a work journal where I was kind of keeping track of my progress on a project. And then I had a personal one for a little bit while I was trying this. I ended up not loving journaling in this way, but it wasn't the app. It was just that I prefer paper journals. I can see how people might really be drawn, though, to the journal app idea. So you can do some Google searching, and I'll list in the show notes the day one app that I was using. This brings us to number eight. If you are fully digital, or if the benefits of your journal being saved automatically, maybe you're just a better typer than a writer. The other option here is just to keep a Word document that's your journal. You can always set it up to save automatically to the cloud or to Dropbox or Google, whatever. I've kept files like this off and on since college. I don't think I would ever switch to it fully, 
but it's really helpful to me to be able to type things sometimes because I'm a fast typer. So if there's a huge event or something and I really want to capture a ton of thoughts, my hand will get tired if I'm handwriting it. And so then I'll just give up and maybe I'll never like finish what I was trying to get out there. So a few times a year when that's the case, I will turn to some kind of digital document. And then occasionally, if it's important to me, I'll print it out and tape it into my regular journal just so that it lives in the timeline with everything else. Again, you can always mix and match these ideas. Journals do not have to be one thing. They also do not have to be one person only. This is my number nine, two-person journaling or group journaling, if that's your dynamic. This is a journal where people take turns writing the entries. There's a few things I love about this. I think that sometimes writing things down is easier than speaking them out loud. This can be hard things or this can be loving things. So if you had a journal that you passed back and forth with someone where you could express some of those hard to say things, maybe that would be a new way to communicate. I could see this happening in marriage or maybe between a parent and a teen. I think this could be a fun project between a group of friends that are all long distance if they were sharing a journal that got shipped around, passed around. An idea like that could be really, really meaningful. Number 10. The last thing I thought of while I was brainstorming for this episode is really the only method that I have actually zero experience in, but I want to mention it because we live in an age where this is a reality and because I think it might appeal to certain people in certain situations, and that is video journaling. If I was naturally gifted at this, then I would be all in, but at this point, it is not my skill set and I don't think I'm going to learn it. (laughs) However, video journaling, like a big trip or a project or something like that could be really special Video journaling, maybe while you're pregnant, if you wanted to give it as a gift to someone someday, although would that be journaling? Would that just be videoing? I'm not sure. It could be done really cool, not just as consumption for others, but for the very reasons that we keep any other kind of journal. I've learned about myself in the last few years that even though I've always wanted to be a writer, I'm very much a verbal processor. So talking to others even talking on the Voxer app, which I do every day with friends, I often have to talk things out before I know exactly how I feel. So even if you were just talking to yourself on video, or even if you were just talking to yourself on an app like Voxer, which lets you send voice messages to yourself, this can be a real alternative if for some reason you can't write or type Right now, I'm thinking of a friend who has a chronic illness, and I wonder if she would want to video or voice memo as a way of journaling. These are my many, many thoughts on journaling. Can you tell that I am passionate about it? When I told you guys in all these episodes to take these topics to your journal, I really do mean it. I really am hoping that these prompts will give you something to write about and explore within yourself. And while I always value our relationships and conversations with others, and I personally always have 10 things to tell you, the most important understanding we should have is with ourselves. So sharing of ourself to ourself. It can be a task sometimes, but in the big picture, it's worth it. 
If you are already a journaler or this episode inspired you to pick up a journal for the first time in a while, please do share it with me on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you or tagging me at 10 things to tell you. I'm so curious to see how other people do it. Also, if you liked this episode or any of my episodes, please take a moment to share it with a friend or leave us a review in iTunes. These reviews, this word of mouth sharing, it is the best way to introduce 10 things to tell you to others. I'm Laura Tremaine, and you've just listened to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.